we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it all right. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Let me write down my notes. Um, oh, you got notes. I'll bring up like well, or something. I'm just gonna talk about a few things. Um, let's see. We'll do that and that. And I know there's some things I missed. Uh, okay. Got that in there. Um, let's see here. Okay. So I think I've got my notes here and I think I've got pretty much the things that I wanted to cover, you know, listed. So here's what we're going to do. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Mariah. go <laughs> drop off. Like some cookies. For the wash friends and Jocelyn's in the So I'm okay. gonna take her over. Yeah. Okay. Do you need my address for those cookies? <laughs> Sean says he needs cookies. <laughs> and they, he she we call them crack cookies because they're so good. There you get addicted. This okay. is true. I have experienced this effect. It's quite potent. Crack cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she left me with the uh, baby monitor, so I've got yeah. baby duty right here. Baby I'm duty. sure you've got baby duty, too. Yeah, I actually got the, the wife's at Mutual right now, so... Oh, nice. And, uh, but I'm at home. They'll be okay. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they'll be fine. You Do you start your new job already? Yeah, I'm uh, two and a half weeks in. Dude, how is it? Oh man, it's it's great. It's are you way happier? Uh, uh it's a it's a t- like it was hard to leave Fidelity. Don't get me wrong. There were a lot of perks, a lot of perks that I'm going to be missing out on. But it's this is definitely you know it's better pay. It's what I wanted to do, and it's mm-hmm. you know putting me on the path of that, and not just being a broker and people calling in to want to you know sell their stock and then old people like hey I want my RMD. Just was getting kind of old and. But yeah, I get you. I get you. That makes sense. You know, it's um, that can be really tough. You know, starting a new job is like always difficult. You know, it just comes with a lot more like learning curve and you just kind of have to know like what's on your plate and deal with that yeah. and make sure that you get comfortable with it. But it's drinking out yep. of a fire hydrant. Exactly. Uh, Did you ever watch the movie UHF as a kid? It's a Weird Al movie. Weird Al movie? No, I remember seeing clips of it. I think Kramer, Michael Richards is in it. That's right. Yeah. 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 I remember seeing clips of it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Along with with uh, like, what is it? uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That was like one that I used to watch like all the time. It's probably where I got a lot of my sense of humor from is because of that film. So (laughs) I can just see. 10 year old Steven watching Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> all, all the time, man. Star uh, Wars I, trilogy, Back to the Future, Big Trouble in Little China, and Weird Al. You know, that was, those were my, I my think set. Big Trouble, Big Trouble in Little China, I think it's on Hulu. It should I be. Think I, um, I think I saw it the other day. I, was like, I bought it on Amazon because it. I'm I'm like, I'm never losing that one. One's going to stay with me forever. There you go. So, um, so we've it's been a it's been a few weeks, um, at least two since we last uh, since we went and saw Thor, and I right. think right now is as good a time as any to hash out our feelings about it. Not to mention, there's a few other items we can hit on. Um, I had the opportunity to watch Miss Marvel 
and watch all that. Oh, um, really? We can talk about Phase 5, because that got talked about at Comic-Con. Then there's She-Hulk coming, and I got to watch, like, maybe an hour's worth of Morbius. And so I feel like I have enough to, like, talk about the film, even though I didn't see it to the end. So. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'll do what I can. Again, I always am coming into this thing, like, uh, limited with... Uh, uh, the knowledge uh, about stuff, but I always have strong opinions. So, uh, what's more American than that? I don't know what I'm talking about, but I got strong opinions. Yeah, that's that's you just go, you stick to your guns. You know, that's how we sure. do it. That's what happens. Sure. So, Thor, going in expectations. Um, I feel like my expectations were it's going to be super funny, like Ragnarok was. You know, definitely the Taika thing, and then it was going to have a pretty strong plot. Um, how about you? My expectations were really high. Really high. I love Taika Waititi. We could talk about all of his other films that he's done here. I love uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, What We Do in the Shadows. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Jo- Jojo Rabbit. Just like his balance of heart and comedy. And, and Ragnarok. Ragnarok is in my top five of my MCU. So, like, I am... I was stoked. I was so excited in the fact that they got Chris Hemsworth to do a fourth one. Like Evans wouldn't do it. You know, Downey wouldn't. Well, Downey was in so many. It was almost as if we had Iron Man four, five, and six. But you know what I mean. But actually, yeah. the title of it. So sure. Um, and so I thought this was like they they greenlit a fourth one because the studio saw something that was going to be great, and that's what the expectations I had going in. Um. And then we can discuss if they delivered or not later. But uh, yeah. Um, So that, you know, that's a good segue into, you know, like. uh, What would like, let's kick off by saying like how we feel on a scale of one to ten. Let's just start there with our scales. I'm going to come in at a solid. Like a seven and a half. Like a seven and a yeah. half, maybe eight, like verging on eight. How about you? I noticed that when we have these rankings, like one to ten, you're a little more forgiving than I am. And I find myself to be forgiving. So we are the fanboys, right? And uh, right. that's that's not a knock on you or anything like that. But in all honesty, there was moments where I was disappointed in the film and i think it's because i just what i talked about is the high expectations that i had when going into it you know if we can always temper them back uh that would be a better experience but it's not possible as people and especially as fanboys like ourselves mine was tempered back (laughs) you yours were well i mean like i felt like i was less forgiving this time i was like this is this is what it is the higher ranking hence the higher ranking yeah okay um so if I were to put a number on it, I put it's going to sound harsh. It's, I'm going to go with like the precise of Metacritic or whatever they do in IMDb. I'm going to say 6.8 to 7, somewhere in there. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And now we can kind of go into that because, you know, it's those expectations definitely had like a really big effect on whether or not 
it, it maintained or did better than Ragnarok because everybody came in thinking this is going to be an extension of like Ragnarok in the same way. And that's how I felt. And I was coming in thinking, oh, this is just going to kind of drive the same way. It's going to have this really hard edge of seriousness, but it's just going to crack some great jokes at the right time. And I felt like this whole movie was kind of just a big joke in a way. And it lacked it lacked the harder storyline that made me really care. Now there were great things about it, like and we can get into that, but I just felt like it didn't quite deliver the same way Ragnarok did because even though the stakes were meant to seem high in the movie, I don't think they it, they just didn't feel high. They just felt like, oh, we're gonna just gonna go, we're gonna go save save everybody, and we're gonna kill a bad guy. Before it was like the entire fate of my entire people and everything like that, and so much more was at stake. And this was just like, oh, let's joke about the fact that everybody's in danger, and I have this quirky relationship, and you know, the, it, a lot of it just kind of like fell to the right. side for me. I mean, it was still funny. Don't get me wrong. It was still funny and it had some yeah. great action to it, but some of it just felt frivolous. And, you know, like the way that I look at it is like, look at the costume from like his costume from what was it? Uh, not Endgame, but Infinity War. And you're like, oh, he's he's such a badass. You know, he looks so great and tough. And then here it's like everything's covered in gold. And I'm like, uh, and that's yeah. kind of like a, a you know a micro vision of like how I felt about this film in its stance towards everything else before it. It's like this is kind of superfluous and like a lot of it just felt out of place. That is a so great that's, way to that's put it. That's a great way to put it. I felt there was a lot of moments in the movie where I was like, "Should I be feeling this? Is this the exactly. right emotion for the setting that I'm watching?" You know, and and we'll t let me know when you want to, you know, do the spoilers. But like, there's definitely moments that I can pin uh, point about where I was like, this should have more sense of of seriousness and dread. And then Thor's just cracking jokes when I'm just like, uh, he he balanced a lot it of it didn't well land. A lot of it, it didn't, didn't land. Yeah, a lot of it did not land. And um, to go talk. To talk about the uh, the costume, I'm glad that you kind of brought that up. Um, you can kind of see like Thor one, 2011, bright colors, right? Thor two, Dark World. It's in the title, dark. They kind of had like the they took the tones down. It was it was, uh, it was more too dark. Weathered, you know? Yeah, it was more battle weathered. I thought that movie could have had some more levity. Although I did feel the Dark World had some pretty funny moments. People wouldn't think. Yeah, you're shaking your head. Like the moment when he puts the uh, Mjolnir on the coat rack. I don't know why, but that just had me right. busting a gut. And, and it's just stupid stuff like that. But um, but that was kind of the theme, the Dark World. And then Ragnarok. Yes, he still had. The, I mean, the movie itself was very bright. You know, oh sure, bright it, it colors. It didn't feel out of place. It didn't feel out of place because they were on that different planet. They were on. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the gladiator planet's name. You're right. Uh, shoot, but it just felt Sakaar. in Sakaar. That's Sakaar, what it yes. So it felt in theme of Sakar. Um, and then obviously between Ragnarok, we had Infinity War and and uh, Endgame. 
And then, yeah, it was just he wanted to bring up the palette, which, you know, he never he didn't really stay on too many one spots. He was on Earth for a bit. Then he was on a couple other planets and just like, uh, what's going on? And then when he met Jane, he had, it was an obvious CGI helmet that just looked out of place, in my opinion. I hated it. I'm sorry. I hated it. I was like, he, Chris Hemsworth like his... doesn't, doesn't need a helmet. He never had no. needed one. Why are you putting one on him now? It's, it feels... And it was CG. Like, it why, was CG. Why... If you wanted to put one, why don't you just put a real one on? But it just really? it looked. It was CG, yeah. Like the, sh- uh, I had a little uncanny bad. I mean, moment. it had like the stupid nose guard, and I was like, "What are you doing?" Just like, yeah. I and I, yeah. I, I thought they were. I don't know. I liked the short-haired Thor, and I think everybody did. And I thought, he's yes, cool. he grew. He, you know, he's growing it out for uh, Endgame. And stuff, you know, because he was in that depression for five years. That makes sense. But I think it would have been cool to bring it back. That's a minor quibble. But anyway, I'm glad that you brought up the costume because I thought it was too bright. And I think that was a microcosm as to the whole movie of like looking at Thor. He's got all these bright colors, you know, always cracking jokes. And then you have Gore, who's the god of like in the shadows. And there's like absence of light. And maybe that's what he was trying to do. Like, look at this juxtaposition. But it was just a microcosm of like two different tones in the movie that weren't meshed that well. Yeah, but they didn't really hone in on that very hardcore. Like if that was the if that was like a main plot point to like get across about the juxta like that juxtaposition of color to absence of color, they mentioned it in passing, but it wasn't a like a main theme or motif in the film. Yeah. So I I just think there's lots of wasted it, opportunities. Yeah. If they were attempting to do it, it did not land. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we can go into some spoilers, like we can kind of brush through some of it. Waste. I think the film had a lot of wasted opportunities. Like yes, there there were like they had the Guardians of the Galaxy in there, right? They it's have, the first thing I wrote down right here. Yep. Right. They have <laughs> a they have a number of thing of like small scenes in the film, which. The Guardians are awesome. We've already been introduced to them. They have a lot of fun. They're really funny. You know, James Gunn does really good work with them. Taika, I feel like, wasted opportunities with them to, like, tell some of their story, really get into, like, what they've been doing. I mean, they kind of brush over that, but some of it feels wasted. It just felt wasted. I I can't describe it further. No, I would absolutely. And it felt like the marketing that we were going to see a glimpse of what happened after Endgame leading up to this point. Eventually, he would leave the Guardians, and we understand that. uh, That it is a Thor movie. But as Guardians of the Galaxy, that would just have been such a cool, you know, give give us more. And I think everybody is talking uh, that they wanted that. And so I completely agree with you. They're out of the spoilers, I guess, but they're not in the movie past minute seven or eight, something like that. Yeah. Very something quick like in the movie, they're gone. And so you're absolutely right. And the way they banter, like that's some of my favorite moments in Infinity War is when he's on the Milano. You know, yeah, their exactly. banter is, is is great. And to to think what Taika could have done with that. And maybe, I don't know, what do you think? There's a lot on the cutting room floor that didn't make it into the film? Probably. You know, it, it, this may be like a BVS sort of, of moment where, like, or a time when some of the other stuff that makes the film come together more was left on the cutting room floor, and we didn't get a lot of that. Maybe some things like they could have touched on the fact that right after, after Endgame, you know, what what are... 
what about you know Gamora? Isn't Peter trying to get Gamora back? Isn't he searching for her? Like whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to other things like Drax? You know, seeing his you know like I don't know like just all that other stuff. And some of those things were just missed out on. But you know, and to the point of like the plot, you know, they they figure out or they find out about these dying gods, and you know they're the whole plot was to go find this guy and kill him, which is, you know, pretty basic and it's uncomplicated to an extent, but I'm trying to come, come, come up with the other things that bothered me about the film. Some of the humor was a little over the top, but there was like so much sexual humor in there. Like yeah. almost, almost too like over overbearing in, in how much they included. Like I get it. It's funny, but you know, they didn't, they didn't, you know, fill them the last film with that, you know, that level. I mean, they said the word orgy three times and I was like, yeah. okay, that's <laughs> un- in a matter unnecessary. of a few minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, and and just the fact that it's like with deities doing, uh, referring to like deities and stuff like that, you know, in the wrong context, it's, it's pretty offensive. I remember, you know, you probably remember getting out of theater. My wife's like, I'm not going to be showing that to my kids. And I get yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. But going back to what you said, I'm going to re- retort, rebuttal, whatever. I do not think this is a BVS situation. A BVS situation is the uh, executives took a look at it and they're like, hmm, no, we're going to change the story by completely uh, editing this out. To me, hacking up the movie. <laughs> uh, hacking up the movie. To me, I felt that this was the opposite. I felt that this was Kevin uh, Feige just saying, you have free reign. You can do what you want. I think this was full on. Taika Waititi's brain without anybody in check. And sometimes that's a good thing. Like we, we tell people, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, of like letting directors direct and letting storytellers tell. But there's some good moments when, you know, collaboration is a hand. I, to me, and I can't prove this, but I feel like this was a very much greenlit. This is Taika. You can do what you want. He was just riding hit after hit after hit after hit and and you know nobody bats a thousand so yeah i would agree with that and maybe this is one of those times where that level of freedom gets in lets them get in their own way of yeah. like i think that happened I, I don't, in guardians of the galaxy uh guardians two. of the galaxy 2 i think that's i think gun had way too much freedom in that yeah, I I would I would agree to an extent with that for sure. I did like it, but I didn't feel the same way about it that I did the first one. But that being said, I don't know if you heard this, but in a in an interview with Taika, they he said I wanted to create a Thor, like create a Thor that people wouldn't like. I don't know if he was exactly referring really? to the film or the character himself, but if that were true, I could definitely tell at least the character, they kind of like backed him out of his, you know, out of his kind of character shell and just made him, well, whatever, 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 you know, and told kind of a more wacky story. And it just did not seem like a Thor that people would get on board with. You know, we had Thor one and two. He's just a, you know, he's just a pony boy. He's, he's courting war. Exactly. Fish out of water. Number three, he has a he has a quest and a duty and a purpose and he can still be funny. 
about it, which is, I think, his best so far. And then, you know, this one, it's just like, I don't know, you know, just just everything out of the fourth dimension just coming at him or whatever, you know, that's that's kind of what it seems. And this is in the marketing, so it's not really spoiling, but I just felt like, really, you're 1500 years old, you're, you know, still asking the question, who am I supposed to be? Like, I felt like we've had this journey, this arc for Thor before. This existential like, crisis has gone yeah, far enough, right? That that moment when he's talking to Rocket in Infinity War, that like that, that was the art, end of it. That, That's that was already it. That was it. That was a, so powerful. And it, I mean, you even can't you know when he chops uh, Thanos's head off, you could kind of almost like that is almost symbolic and literal of like ending his journey of like what he was supposed to do and protecting, and he kind of let things down. But it's still the sense I am a protector. But I, in the end, I don't know, I guess I'm contradicting myself. In the end, what ends up being a purpose that he ends up doing is kind of sweet. And, and uh, you know, it does make sense. That is kind of a natural progression to his story. But I wish they had gotten to that a little faster. Like, yes. And it, maybe they could have gone there, like halfway through the film and then had that part. Then I would have been like, oh. Well, now he has kind of a purpose to finish out this film that drives it forward. Like you could have put that like an hour, hour and a half into the film and been fine. But right. you put it at the very end and you're like, uh, I wish I had felt that earlier because that yeah. makes me come full circle inside and feel like this movie had a bigger purpose to it in the end. Yeah, you weren't invested into it when it did happen. You're exactly. like, yeah, that's that's great. But you didn't spend enough time for us to be invested enough to be like really rooting for that to happen. Because it was that a was, surprise. That came as it a was surprise. A surprise. And not that a surprise is bad, but they could have no. hinted at that he you know, loneliness is probably what he's trying to overcome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so So Because he wasn't seeking out Jane. Jane just kind of found him. That's true. And, she uh, kind of like anyway. fell into the mix. Yeah. Yeah. So let me know when you want to go into spoilers, I guess. This uh, is spoiler territory now. Let's wow, let's do okay. spoilers. But with spoilers actually comes my favorite part. Christian Bale was like my favorite part of the film. Like Absolutely. Every time he, he was on, it was, was so good. Captivating. Gosh, why does that guy like always give 200% as opposed to like 100%? <laughs> He's like committed. And it was like... It was like almost having like the Joker, but he's like a god and he's just so deranged and he's just, you know, he's driven by purpose that makes sense for a villain. You know, the best villains have moral motivations that we can all understand Mm -hmm. that drive them to the point of insanity. So this is one I was like, yeah, I love this. This is so good. Even though he's not like he doesn't look completely comic book accurate he was still like terrifying absolutely and yeah i completely agree and could have used so much more christian bale uh, in that and you you're talking about his motivations that's what makes a good villain his motivations were simple but very strong especially being fathers you know we can we can definitely relate with that oh yeah and people might think ah it's too simple and but I, I bought it right from the beginning. You know, we need to have something as articulate and thought out as Thanos's, which was amazing. But, but not all of them are. We're not always going to be blessed with that. 
And so this was was perfect in that. I mean, it was dragged out. I remember you telling me you didn't read the comic series of God Butcher, right? No, I did not. And so, I mean, it's dragged on. You know, we started the film. We were late to the film, but I'm sure you kind we of jumped back. And you saw a little bit after the fact what happened in the desert and his daughter died in his arms and then he find the oasis and blah, blah, blah. But like in the comics, it's so tragic. His people are traveling through the desert trying to get some sort of respite because they are oppressed people. People, his people are dying all around him. His friends die and he still has to continue on. No God is answering. His wife dies. He has to continue on. No gods are answering. And then his daughter finally dies. And um, there's he's all alone. He's about to die. And then all of a sudden, these two gods are fighting right next to him. And one is consumed by that black sword. Right. And the good God wins and defeats him. But then Gore's like, well, look at this. So it's very similar to what happened in in the movie. But he kind of just came in after the fact. Oh, we hunted down this God killer. And now we're celebrating with my sprites and fairies and. And, and stuff like that. And so, um, but God, Gore in the comics was so good and they really spent time with his tragic, uh, his tragedy. And yes, we missed most of it when we were coming in a little bit late, but it was, it was enough. It was powerful. And you, you know, you got to get going in a two hour movie there. Right. Um, but yeah, wh- what, uh, could he use more of them? And yes, this is what I was going to say. In in the comics, they dedicated a lot of time of going from world to world, God to God, that he's like hunting them down. I felt that this was another missed opportunity for that sense of dread and building that menace that he is, that we could actually see gods in the conflict with Gore. I felt like we only got it after the fact. We exactly. only saw we only saw God's dead bodies. We only saw Siv's chopped off arm. We didn't see the actual fighting of him killing gods. Just that first one. That was it. That would have driven things a lot better in the in terms of like the dread and tension building in the story, yeah. making us feel like we've we're a part of this. We're chained to the story and we're weighted now. You know, there's, maybe there's, they had to yeah. wait. They had to weigh those options, all right? We're bringing back Natalie Portman. we got to give her a good story arc. And we've got, you know, of course, our protagonist and Chris and then Thor. Like, maybe they just didn't feel there was just too much time for it. But, like, that really would have – because, again, with what he was given, he was so good. Just imagine if he could have got more screen time, more arc, more development. I mean, he could have been one of the best MCU villains if they did. I still think he is, you know, one of them. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's up there because we all agree that that's kind of their Achilles heel. Um, But he, he is up there for sure. Forgettable villains is like their Achilles heel. Yeah. Yeah. Forgettable villains. Um, So that does lead into the other part. How did you feel about Natalie Portman coming back? How did you feel about her as Thor, Lady Thor, you know, and, do yeah. you feel like her story was validated? You know, they did some backstory. They like, you know, Korg d- does his story. He's another actually good part of the story that I actually really enjoyed. Um, they, you know, they gave backstory to like the time between like their history, like him and her. When they and, dated. 
Yeah, when they dated. I thought that I was a great confused. little montage. Did you yeah, like that montage or were you confused? I thought it was fun. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I liked it, it, but I couldn't exactly figure out what the time range of it was. Is this because this is after Dark World, right? Yeah. So this is before Ragnarok. Uh, I guess if we're looking at the timeline, right? So Infinity War was uh, 2018, and then Endgame is like five years later, right? Right. And so it's 2023. And so who knows a little bit after. And he says, how long has it been? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. So 2015. So probably sometime after Ultron or something. Because I'm pretty sure it had to be because it has to be before Ragnarok because it's like, oh, it was a mutual dumping, you know, and then it had to be at least after Dark World. I I think it's after Ultron, after Ultron. Probably, so, yeah, and it was kind of funny, you know. He's the the slowly separating and slowly becoming more distant, and having to leave because she has to talk to Doctor Selvik, and he got his phone that says Nick Fury, and I, you know, that, that was good. That was that was great. But you asked me how do I feel about Natalie Portman? I was a little worried that it was going to be a bait and switch. I think we've talked about you know other properties that have had that bait and switch. I was really fearful of that. Because if it's a Thor movie, have it about uh, the protagonist be Thor. and But they didn't do that, and so I was very happy. Like, with that being said, you know, people listen to this and like, well, how are we going to just get rid of the toxic masculinity and the all the male protagonists? And like, if there was a mighty Thor movie with Natalie Portman, she's off doing her own adventures and it was written well, I'd go see it, of course. Sure, but don't not? don't have it on the, you know... Don't try and bait me into coming with it being the Thor movie and that it's her. But I'm glad that they didn't do that. And so I was worried about that. Um, she's an Academy Award winning actress. And I felt like she gave two performances in this movie. Naturally, because she kind of had two different forms. Whenever right. she was in her human form, when she wasn't affected by the powers of Mjolnir, um, she was she was good. She was great. She was believable. She pulled on my heartstrings. The fact that she had terminal cancer um, kind of showed me that probably the talks behind the scenes. She's like, I'll come back, but I'm just going to do one. <laughs> so they probably said, OK, we'll kill you off or something like that. And so, uh, you know, it was I really felt for it. But as soon as she picked up Mjolnir and as soon as she, her, her hair turned blonde, and as soon as she put on all that makeup and that fake helmet, she was not only a different person, but she was goofy and, and and just not like her her acting wasn't as good in my opinion. She tried to really hone in on the fish out of water, but went too far and was just like clumsy and inept. And I'm like, if you're trying to, except when she's fighting, when she's fighting, she kicks ass, right? But like when right. she's acting or act, trying to act tough or whatever, I'm just like, you're trying to create a strong female character. Like you didn't really do it. And I guess, you know, we're all super critical. But what do you think about her two performances? Almost like she was trying to be like Thor is because Thor can also like Taika's Thor is goofy and he's also, you know, unwieldy at times and he thinks he's, you know, hot shiz. And so she was also kind of acting that way. So in a way it kind of made sense. But like you said, there is a difference 
between when she's just talking and walking as as the mighty Thor, and then when she's fighting, she's like she's a badass. You know, she's just fighting mm-hmm. just like Thor does with a purpose and like with a vengeance. And and when she's not in her godlike form, you know, she's back to being Jane Foster. You know, she is that character. I I do see a problem with it though, because you would think that even though she's given those powers, she would she wouldn't change her entire personality just because of right. it. It would make her stronger and make her feel more invigorated and feel like a fighter and a warrior. But I also thought that would make her, in a sense, more mature to be like, I have these powers, I have a responsibility, you know, be be a strong, be a solemn you know, hero that, that is doing their duty sort of thing. Yeah. And I don't think that kind of, that loop didn't close and it, and it kind of just had those, those moments. I mean, it wasn't that she wasn't funny and quirky, but I, it, like you said, it just, a lot of this stuff just feels out of place. It doesn't feel like it belongs. It kind of feels like these pieces are overlapping when they don't, and they should fit together better. You know, it's just kind of disjointed in a way, but you know, I, I have a soft spot for Natalie Portman just because I like V for Vendetta so much and she's so good in in, in a lot of the things that she does. So, you know, that movie's like one of my all time favorites. You know, if I yeah. if I ever want to just like feel like I can rise to the occasion, I'll watch like V for Vendetta. So that I'll be like, Yeah, in that situation, I would put on the mask too. You know, I'd 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 wear a cloak and I'd I'd be there I'd be there at Parliament blowing it up too you know that sort of that's vigor. a, that's a but, great movie i remember watching that in the theaters but so i mean i think we might be criticized of like oh you know men can do this and do this goofiness and they won't get criticized Au contraire i feel like thor's was too goofy at times um i feel like the uh, the fish out of water the awkwardness was okay at times but it was just like you said it was too much and in different places but she had already established the character of Jane Foster. And Jane Foster is a very capable, smart, uh, resourceful individual that when now she was given godlike powers in the past, I'm like, someone with that kind of intelligence and acumen wouldn't be kind of just fumbling through kind of things. Like she, she'd have a plan, exactly. she'd have a purpose. And so this isn't anything sexist. I mean, she was a great character written and everything, but. Well, like you said, it's just the writing, you know, just uh-huh. it wasn't all there. It was like watching like a cartoon version come to real life of something you might see <laughs> Taika do. Like if he did an animated movie and then someone's like, well, let's just do a live action version of it. This would be a direct adaptation of pretty close. Uh, yeah. Like what that would be. Did you hear he was rumored yeah. to do Akira? Yes, I did hear that too. And I've actually never seen it. All I know is that it's really good. It is really good. It's been a while, but I, you know, probably... can you give me like the a top level summary of what the movie's about? So from what I remember, obviously it's in the future and I believe it's similar to Blade Runner sense that there's androids and stuff. Um, I'd have to look I, again. Like I said, I was young, but I just remember enjoying it a lot and uh crazy chasings with like these one wheeled motorcycles down this futuristic freeway it was legit maybe we should try and uh try and watch that sometime but okay um a futuristic android um type movie so Hmm. okay um 
Yeah, I was. I did love Korg's constant getting her name wrong. Jodie Foster, Jane Fonda, like yeah, <laughs> Jane <funny>. Fonda. Yeah, <laughs> Korg was was a, a welcome like respite from the rest of like the 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 other things going on. Like whenever he would like actually take part, it felt natural. But maybe that's just because Taika is the one doing the voice and he can write his own characters flawlessly. So like there were like among the things that I do appreciate about the film and just to give a quick summary of the overall film, if anybody's listening to this that hasn't seen it, you know, Gore the Gore, like, you know, like Sean here explained, you know, he loses his whole you know, family and tribe and his daughter, and he obtains a sword that can kill gods. So he he endeavors to kill all gods forever, so that no one else can be treated like this. He, he tr- seeks vengeance uh, to avenge his daughter's death. Um, you know, and he has these shadow powers that come with the sword, but it also corrupts you the longer you hold on to it, basically, and use it. And so Thor's whole game is to find him, stop him before he kills all the gods. And also there's a group of Asgardian children that he captures as kind of like symbolic of like what it is to like lose children. And he's trying to make people hurt. And his whole quest now is to like get to a point where he can use the Bifrost to get to this place. And if you get there, you can like wish all the gods dead or you can, or you could use that wish to bring your daughter back sort of yeah. if I've, if I've said it right. So Got that's, a little that's the whole thing the end when we met eternity. Yeah, exactly. And the other side plot is that Jane Foster is dying because she has cancer. It's terminal. She obtains Mjolnir and she's worthy of Mjolnir. So she obtains the powers of Thor and becomes the mighty Thor and ventures alongside, you know, uh, Thor Odinson to rescue these children. But it also focuses on their relationship or their past relationship and they're both unresolved feelings for each other. So, you know, they get to deal with that. They both realize they still love each other, yada, yada, yada. He tries to save her, but the longer she holds on to Mjolnir, the quicker she dies, basically. The thing that she thinks is going to save her is actually killing her faster. So in the end, um, she decides to hold on to Mjolnir, help Thor, and at the end, which Sean and I kind of alluded to, Gore decides to use his one wish to bring his daughter back, but it costs him his life, basically. And Thor ends up taking care of her and Jane dies. So he kind of, like we said, natural progression to his story. He, um, he, he, I guess her name or what they call her is Love. That's the daughter. We don't actually know her real name, do we? Or like what her oh, shoot. character's name it is. Probably, right? probably was said, but yeah. But anyway, they call it Love and Thunder because in the end, Thor is Thunder and she is Love. So it's Love and Thunder together. He's her father now, basically, because both her father and his his girlfriend are dead so together they're love and thunder yada 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 so you know among the things like i said i liked korg was one of them and the whole the whole plot point about 
the two hammers, you know, we have Stormbreaker and you have Mjolnir and Thor has like I love that the secondary <laughs> relationship. That was hilarious. I loved all just, of that. I was like just, you see Stormbreaker come into frame, kind of like this, you know. <laughs> he's just he's like watching him like, why would you do that? oh my god. It's like he was cheating, you know. He longed <laughs> yeah. for his original hammer, but he has Stormbreaker, you know, the new model, and the new model's oh, jealous of the old that, model. And that, it's that hit so that funny. Really that that landed yeah anytime that stuff was was brought into into play so funny i don't know you you liked it though right oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> it's like stormbreaker was his own character you didn't need any sort of facial expressions just the slow nope. turn and the slow entrance of like <clears throat> what you doing <laughs> it's like did you miss me did you miss me yeah yeah you know, that sort of thing and uh the whole uh mjolnir with Jane, I'm just like, I, I wonder how they were going to do it when I was watching the previews. But when they were doing those flashbacks, um, you know, with their love, you'll their always courtship, protect her. Yeah. And I and like me and Megan looked at each other, my wife, and we we're just kind of like, oh, that's cool. And like, it's, it's sweet. sweet. Yeah. It's cool. And it has the, you know, the uh, the Asgardian symbol on it because it's like, you know, Mjolnir's magic. He's, of course, I want you to always protect her. And um which I then think, like, is that a plot hole in your opinion? I want you to always protect her, which is great. But then she picks it up, and it actually is killing her, not really protecting I mean, it's, her. So I hadn't you know thought about I mean? that is until that, now. Is that a plot hole, or is it just like, it is, if she held on to Mjolnir, if she held on to Mjolnir forever, was she a no? Because she took it on one more time to fight, and she knew it would kill her if she dropped it again. Well, she would have to stay in her mighty Thor form the entire time, you know, and if she ever came out of it, she would die, basically. Like the moment she would do it, she'd be dead. You know, that's I get. But like you so said, I hadn't hole? actually considered that. I am going to count that as a plot hole, because yeah. if if they put it in the film, that's a that's like a one to one. It, it's not anything that's inferred. It just is. It, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, the thing that was meant to protect her is killing her. Like mm, that doesn't add up. You know, in the end, that's not a one to one equals two. That's a one to yeah, one equals I, zero. <laughs> for me, I was like, huh. but again, it's also a movie that has a talking rock. True. So maybe and I, maybe he I was just a face, that. and he had to regrow himself. Oh my gosh, that was funny. And then he um, meets a guy named Steve, and they make a baby Dwayne. in a volcano. Dwayne, not Steve, Dwayne. Let me ask you about that. Let me ask you, because when, when I first heard Love and Thunder, I thought it was going to be the journey, and I thought Valkyrie was going to take way more center stage and way more, uh, you know, there's no, there's no hiding it. There's executives at Disney literally saying we have a gay agenda. And... Like me and my brother had a long conversation about this. He is, he's a writer and um, he is kind of just turned off by a lot of mega corporations like Disney, Amazon, uh, Air, uh, Apple Plus, whatever, because it's just so inundated with uh, making sure there's diversity, inclusion, and equity and stuff like that to the point of the detriment of the story. So I, I'm not trying to get on a political rant here, but I thought it was going to be, okay, this is actually Valkyrie's time to shine and not only find her purpose, but also find her sense of belonging to to someone as well. And um, that she was going to be one of 
a main staple of being an LGBTQ character. And, you know, initially I was like, okay, well, if they write it well, sure. If it's just kind of like shoved in there, crammed in there for an obvious message, then because I believe homosexuality along with heterosexuality has its place in storytelling. I don't think we just need to sweep it all under the rug and just say that it doesn't exist because I don't think that's healthy for all of us. But to my brother's when we were having this conversation, I'd love for you to have been there. Like there's moments where it's just too surrealistic, uh, too surreal and doesn't connect, you know, for moments like uh, something like Arthurian times, like King Arthur, where it's like Lord of the Rings, or it's supposed to be like uh, old England. And yet you have these villages that are just so diverse with someone of Asian background, African descent, homosexuality, uh, just so open when we have been, you know, when we, grew up and we knew how that kind of lifestyle was treated. And then we know that they were not, you know, interconnected like that in a, in a society like old English. Interracially. They're, yeah. It just gets us out of it. It like, whether it's subconscious, people might call it bias or bigotry, but literally it just takes you out of it. And just like, it's, it takes you out of it and it makes it more apparent that it's a message. But conversely, when you have movies like Star Trek or something in the future, where people have met different races and we're, you know, expanding and we're becoming more uh, understanding that it would be only be natural that there's, you know, a, an Asian descent, an African descent, um, Indonesian, whatever in the same city, because the world has become smaller with it becoming so big, if you know what I mean. So I think with that being said, since Thor is in the future, there's a lot of opportunity to explore that because it's in the future and there's a lot of races intermingling. So I felt like they could have explored Valkyries, but they didn't. They didn't. I think they chickened out. I think Disney tries to have this big old pride flag, but they're not putting where their mouth money where their mouth is. They are putting it in light year movies, which in kids' movies, and then we saw what happened with that box office. Yeah. But I felt like when they did touch on it, when she is trapped there by Gore and she he's talking about her his you know he can see into her past her lost love with mm -hmm. Valkyrie like you could see the pain in her eyes and that was a very human emotion that anybody oh, yeah. of any sexual orientation can connect with yeah and, she played it very well and then they just left it and then what they did with Korg is they expanded a homosexual relationship kind of but they played it off but it's laughs. more of a joke yeah and a laugh yeah. yeah so if I were a gay person and I went to go see that. I would be, be offended, kind of, you think? I, I would be offended. I'd be like, you had this opportunity to do this with Valkyrie, and it was set up. And when you did touch on it, like it hit, and you could have expanded on it, but you decided not to. Maybe you just got a little cowardice. You, you're not putting where your money mouth is, or you feel like you cannot do it correctly. Maybe that's right. Find somebody that can. If that's what you want to do, then do it. But don't cower around it. Don't dance around it. And then if you do, make it a joke about two rocks holding hands. Because right before I, yeah. I watched, before I jumped on, I popped on that little scene in Ragnarok. Like he implied that all Korgs or, or, or Cronins are males. In, the, in Ragnarok, he talks about his revolution that his mom wanted. Yeah. His mom came his mom, and his mom's yeah. boyfriend. And I was just like, what? 
Yeah, exactly. That that was also kind of another plot hole ish moment. It's like, yes. did you forget the things that you did in Ragnarok? I mean, are we just kind of forgetting so that, or is this like they... an alternate dimension? You know. So did they forget it? It's not an alternate dimension. This isn't multiverse. They no. just tried to let's get some representation in it. Let's turn Cork gay. And this movie, like you said, had opportunity to do more with it. And like you mentioned, I'm now realizing more so that those were missed opportunities like the Valkyrie thing. They could have made that come full circle and given the movie more heart and power. Mm-hmm. He didn't. You Regardless know, the whole, of her sexual orientation. I mean, they could have just left the whole Dwayne thing in there and that's funny and all and that's fine. But they not making the other relationship that they could have focused on come full circle. I think that was a misstep that they should have touched Absolutely. back on and come back for because totally that you, you can't do one and not do the other. You know, they both they both should have come full circle on that because that's important. But in the grander conversation, I feel like there's almost overrepresentation and if they're and if you're under underrepresented then you're going to get hated on which i think is unwarranted like if you're just trying to tell a story and it's your story why do you have to be pressured into adding in all this extra stuff like Absolutely. if i were to write if i were to write a, a white male led story People would be like, oh, you're a bigot and you, you know, you're homophobic and you hate you hate gays and all that stuff. And I'd be like, no, it's just this story makes sense to me. And that's why I'm writing it the way I am. Why do I have to change mine for you? You know, if you want to write your own story, go ahead. Be my guest. But I don't have I shouldn't have to make concessions just for you if I it's my vision. So don't taint a director's vision or a story that is meant to stay one way just for the sake of of being politically correct and making sure people don't hate you. And just for a bottom line, because, oh, we need to get the, the, the other kind of people to come in. It's like. You want to tell a story that has, you know, uh, interracial or gay or lesbian or LG, any LGBTQ part and you put it in there, just make sure you do a good job of it. I don't care. But if you are taking something that is meant to be a certain way and you are just changing it because that's the way the world is, then I think you're doing a disservice to original content. Like if you try to tell me that, you know, Sherlock Holmes is supposed to be a woman and you want to rewrite Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Doyle's story because you feel like a woman should be in there and do it better. I'm not going, I'm going to disagree with you because the story is the way it's supposed to be. Stop changing things just because they need to be changed in every sense of everything you want to write your own story. That's like the whole James Bond thing where they're like, well, we want to take the rights to James Bond and create a female James Bond. That's actually named James Bond, you know, put a female character in there and you can't because the rights James Bond. Yeah. Because the rights are with these certain people and they, the rights say you can't do a female James Bond. If you want to do some other type of super spy, that's a lady. Nobody's going to stop you. But you Atomic cannot do the name. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of great movies that do that. Why yeah. does it have to be James Bond? Why do you have to change history just to be what you well, want to be? I mean, we we know why, but maybe this isn't the platform for it. 
I, I love a good gay romance every now and again. There's lots of great ones to, to, to watch. There's lots of people writing great stories out there that include it, but I don't think people should just be changing things just to change it. Like there's a comic book out there with a black Superman. Yeah, go ahead make that story, but don't take the original Superman and make him black just because you want to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are they calling him Kal-El or is it different? Name? Uh, he's something else. It's Perfect. not Cal. That's great. It's something else. Because but it's a Krypton was a huge Krypton was a huge planet. He sure could have been from some other place, and he got and he goes to another Earth-like planet, or he gets similar strength. That would be a very cool comic, and I'd read that. But you know, but if you want to cast Michael B. Jordan as this alternate Superman, go ahead, man. That's He's awesome. Great. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> be my guest, but don't take Cal L and just make him black. Just because you have some agenda you have to follow. It's not right. They're going to pat themselves on the back. Is what yeah, of course they are. They want that bottom line to be filled. And while I understand but, the business, but, you, but you, can't, you shouldn't be rewriting it. You know? Woke goes broke. I mean, time time and time again, like it's, it's going to happen. So um, did you ever watch the TV show Shit's Creek? I did. I felt like uh, David and um, oh my gosh, what's his boyfriend's name? Hey, what's David's what's David's boyfriend's name in Shit's Creek? Patrick. 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 That is a great example I of love a show it. where that relationship wasn't born out of bigotry and hatred and made other people look bad. It, it was, was just a beautifully written it was story. Born a gag and it was written very well. And me, you know, heterosexual white male votes right. Loved brought me it. to tears. It brought, it brought me to tears. It was so good. And it was done right. So that is a good thing. People take that example right there. Um, so I felt that that was a huge missed opportunity. Making Korg primary gay was just in my opinion probably offensive to that community in my but i don't know probably. and inconsistent obviously it is a plot hole i just looked it up he's talked about his mom so i don't know maybe the only way to reproduce in cronin life is two males above a lava pit maybe that's the difference i don't know but um in the end i still feel like the movie was fun a sure. lot of it, like we've discussed, doesn't make sense and doesn't fit together well, but it's it was still fun. It wasn't like bad. It wasn't like a Fantastic Four situation, you know, you know, then that's going to be my go to example about. for a movie that I, I I nearly walked out because it was so bad. Not Talk about studio not, involvement. Yeah, exactly. And not not the Fantastic Four that got two two films, just the one. With Miles Rip. Teller, which is so sad. And we've talked about this already. Amazing cast, shit writing, and everything <laughs> got cut out of it. Everything got cut out of it. Yeah, the director, you know. like, before the film even went out, the director's like, this isn't my film. All right. What yeah, a great. I'm washing my hands of you. Yeah, what a great, uh, what a great way to market it, your film two weeks before, and the director disowns it. Oh, it's so terrible. But. You know, overall, though, like, and the one other piece of insanity that came out of it that's getting memed all over the place is the fact that Thor gave his power to the kids. After saving the kids, yeah, he gives his weird. power. That I didn't. Was it temporary? Yeah, I mean, it was just temporary, but it was like 
did he is he now just realizing he can do that like he can do that because it's like that really would have came in handy yeah you know in prior films absolutely i didn't think i don't know i don't know why they did that i it just fell out of place and you're like have you been holding on to this forever that's yeah that was that was interesting and the fact that and in all seriousness here, when the kids were kidnapped, I think it was just obviously, you know, they filmed this 12, 18 months ago or whenever. But just coming off the hill, heels of that mass shooting in Texas, it just, you know, with those kids, it just felt it, it, by no fault of Taika Waititi and, you know, Marvel or anything like that. But it just felt weird that these kids were in danger and they were abducted and we just came off the heels of that. And it just it made me feel uneasy, especially as a parent. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, his intent his intent was to lure gods back to save the kids. Was he ever going to kill the kids? I, I didn't pick up on that. Was he? Doubt. I I don't know, but I'm gonna go with doubtful. Like I'm, okay. I doubt whether he would actually do it. I mean, he maybe he would have waited there for you know a month or a few months maybe at most and then he'd be like well that's not working i'll have to like he'll have to maybe he'd execute one of them in front of thor to get him to come you know send a warning message and then then maybe thor would be like okay well now i've got to go but all of them no maybe one of them just to get to get things moving but i don't know thor was just finding powers all over the place i'm going to give kids some of you my power and then he could also appear as an apparition but be a ghost but like i guess he was taught that and now we know that skill and that was one part that i felt was super out of place these kids are in such a dire situation and him standing there as that ghost making those jokes that was one of the clearest and biggest moments of of wrong timing bad timing timing. misplaced joking for a terror filled situation exactly uh, I, I felt like that wasn't uh, that was not handled well because like yeah so like if we t- if we touched on anything here that makes this film more tough to watch than than others it's that in ragnarok his his jokes and things are placed very very well you know his jokes with loki or you know like we're gonna let's do get help you know let's do get help uh we're not doing you know that's that's hilarious you know that worked right where it was supposed to and here we have situations that involve not only children but we have loved ones and and we have you know some some situations where just the things that were written into the story terminal cancer terminal cancer and it's like that one i mean they handled that pretty well that one was handled with care and respect but like you said there are certain things that make it feel off and the joke the jokes and the timing of those jokes were just poorly placed not that the jokes wouldn't have been funny but it's like you could have added jokes in other places and just kept certain parts that make the audience feel connected to the film stay pure instead of yeah they just you needed know. to dial it back a little bit. He needed more heart. I you think did, that's yeah. why we we walked out of Hunt for the Wilder People and walked out of Thor Ragnarok. We had these like emotions of like, oh, I felt so like, oh, good at that moment. And there was this heart and I felt great. Validated, yeah. And then it was, you know, there was some levity to it as well. 
but this is just way too much levity in the wrong spot. We've hit that home really hard, and that's why it gives me that score. I still think it's better than Thor 1. I definitely think it's better than Thor 2. Um, but, it, I mean, I did. I haven't put it anywhere in my overall MCU ranking. I haven't really looked at that in a while. But Why do we it, hate Thor 1 so much? Is I it just that it's it. boring? It is kind of boring, don't get me wrong. The villain is the destroyer, but not really engaging. It doesn't talk at all, and its whole point is nope. to destroy. So the really the opposition is himself, the stubborn, what does is, what is, uh, Odin call him? You are a cruel, vain little boy or something like that. Yeah. So the, the villain is... The ego of Thor. That's who the villain is of that movie, which is all right. I mean, fish out of water, learn to, who you need to be. Um, and there's definitely some funny moments. Uh, it goes into the pet store. I need a horse. <laughs> Left. Oh, a that long was a good one. Time. But yeah, I, I mean, you like Thor 1 better than Thor 2, though, right? I like the severity of Thor too, and like the stakes are raised. Like the the villain is is pretty dark, you know. They call it dark world, and some of the villain and his henchmen are pretty vicious. So I liked that. I thought I liked the fact that he lose he he loses quite a bit, you know, in Thor Dark World. You know, he's lost. He loses his mother, and he's got Jane at stake. You know, the stakes are higher, and I feel like he has more to do, and he has purpose. It just wasn't very funny, and it just didn't really have anything else besides this dire plot line. If they had had Taika take that original plot line and then add in some decent jokes, it probably would have. It probably would have soared. You know, it probably would have done great. Yeah, but I that like Malik- obviously it didn't get as good. You think Malekith? I, I mean, all these YouTube channels, podcasts that I listen to, always have Dark World towards the bottom of their list, and they say Malekith. I didn't think it was that bad. Well, look at it you. Doesn't you're, have you're a lot. Kind of it just doesn't outlier. have that. Re, I know it just doesn't have this great rewatchability to it because there's nothing that we don't really connect to that film very well. Sure, it's and just I would a, agree with it, that. It's there's towards low the bottom connectivity. Of my list. It's not the bottom, but it's towards the bottom. I've watched uh, worse films, so... I, the MCU run is great. I don't think there is a bad, bad movie. I mean, Eternals was not bad. Like there were. If I have to have something on in the background to just play, and I will pay basically absolutely no attention to, the Eternals can, 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 can stay on. <laughs> yeah, there's just... There's not been a bad movie. There's definitely been average or below average movies but i i don't think there's been a bad movie so um which is great it's a great run you know not dc can't say that no Um, but even so you know this movie had some things to offer that that it delivered on that were you know cool there was some good action sequences some good fights some actually not not as good fights like even that fight on that black and white world i felt could have been better it just felt too cg to me it, it just moved really short. fast too short yeah too, yeah, short. too short the fight in new asgard i thought was was pretty fun and pretty cool you know, especially seeing what meal the old Mjolnir can do when it's broken in pieces. Yeah. You know, that's dope. You know, I was like, that was sweet. That is but, pretty cool there. 
overall, I I gave it the rating I thought it deserved, and now I'm almost wanting to jump down to like a six and a half. <laughs> Look at you me, know. I'm convincing you. Yeah, uh, so me down. I'm sorry, but let's talk a little bit about the end. Like, do you like movies where? Do you think Thor conquered Gore, or he just convinced him that Gore then just changed his mind? I I always have trouble with that. I maybe it's just because it's not believable or something like that. But it is sweet. I don't know where like. The hero doesn't actually defeat through muscle and wit the the villain, but they just let them realize something. I prefer the former. The latter is weaker. Sometimes it works. But what what do you think? You know that Thor didn't go and beat the crap out of him before he wished in, in eternity. He just said, you know what? I'm just going to be with the ones I love. And I'll let you make that decision. You just want to be the someone you love. I thought the ending was actually my most favorite part because okay. I knew she wouldn't. She, I knew she wouldn't live. That was basically just known to me. I just like knew she wouldn't make it, and I was okay with that. And that's how it had to be. But it was like there was at least fulfillment. It was never love unrequited for for Thor. You know, it was always there. It's just the timing for them was off. You know, they they were both at a point in their lives when they had those flashbacks that they were just very busy and they just had to give of themselves to other things. And now what it would have been a good time for them to come back together. And at least they did. And it wasn't they she didn't die, you know, like without saying I love you back or saying I don't actually love you and or something like that. It was like that they both fully committed to each other by the end. And that came together in a very sweet way that she was willing to give everything for him. And then at the end, he could have just beat the crap out of Gore, but instead he was willing to take the chance that Gore would just delete him, you know, and, 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 and erase him. And he decided to give up that opportunity to be with her. So that was like a full commitment between Thor and Jane in the end that I thought came together really sweet. Like, like I said, you know, she gave up, she knew she was going to die. If she came to save him in the end, he knows he's going to die by virtue of not going in and killing Gore and stopping him. And instead spending his last few moments with her instead and taking the risk that, you know, Gore would, would do what he did. Love that. And still love the fact that the villain could make a switch in the end to see you like the his redemption. faults. Okay. I, I'm I'm a redemption junkie. Like it's that whole redemption thing. Cause like I mentioned like with Brandon Sanderson novels and stuff like that, a lot of his characters go through a redemption that like always just really takes his his writing over the top. Like a lot of his characters just go through these stages of not just like like a repentance, but like a redemption of like their soul for all the things that have happened to them. And this is one of those times where I feel like he spent so much time hating without the sword. He can see that that hate is folly and that he would rather just die and let his daughter live. And, and, you know, because he's part of a of a problem where he won't be able to get over gods and their ways, but maybe his daughter can live a life where she can live a pure life with someone who will give her love. And he sees that in the end, and that's why Thor agrees to 
to love her and to take care of her. So I felt like the ending was definitely like the best part of the film. And it feels <laughs> waste, like, like another I'm wasted opportunity, sure another yeah. wasted opportunity where I wish a lot of this had come into play far earlier in the film to How help would you have give that? that. That's a really good question. And putting on the spot, I would have to say like, um, Men- maybe she like ends up, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Maybe she maybe she ends up with Thor by accident, and now Gore's only thing you know thing is to take the sword and try and kill him and get his daughter back. But he realizes that all this vengeance, you know, trying to get and find her because she ends up with Thor by accident. And now he's watching her, and he realizes that it's like three men and a baby. You know, they end up with a baby. He's like, you know, like oh, I've got a I've got a kid to take care of, and maybe Jane's there too. And they're like, oh, we could be parents together. That lo- and the kid helps bring them closer together again and realize they love each other. And then, you know, all the while, Gore is just hunting down people to find where Thor is and kill him. And then by the end, when he actually gets to Thor and they have a big battle, similar events to the end of the story happen, basically, you know, and he realizes that all of his vengeance is wasted because he bring her back in a vengeful state does him no good because now he is not fit to to love his daughter so maybe he takes his own life and leaves her with him and that's kind of how it ends or something like that you know or the sword is still killing him and he realizes that he can't stay around and the 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 violence that he's created to bring back his love see i just saved the movie with my story there you go but something like that what would you have done yeah maybe like hinted at when they're doing the like the romantic uh, montage of their past where they talk about you know something is missing obviously there's a little disconnect and separation but you know maybe hinting towards having children or something to have that complete you know that sense of you know we everybody has that urge to want to procreate and, and have children and so maybe if they touched on that a little bit it could have been like foreshadowing oh you know maybe that's what Thor is saying at the beginning I'm gonna find out who I am He's incomplete because he, he doesn't have one a family. We got robbed of that with the Guardians of the Galaxy because that would have been a fun little family. But an actual family he doesn't have. That's what he doesn't have. And if he comes to that realization, you know, there's the obviously the love for Jane and he wants to have kids and stuff like that. That's the only next step, natural progression, you know. He does he goes to his work, he's feels fulfilled, he's gonna settle down, he's gonna find a wife, he's gonna get have kids. Um, so maybe if they hinted at it and then the fact that Gore still dies from the sword, brings the daughter back, has that realization or whatever, and um, he knows he can't take care of her, but knows that, you know, that's what it just happens to be that Thor wanted that in the first place. Like for me, I didn't see that Thor wanted it. It was just kind of put on his plate. He's like, okay. So if I if I saw elements of him wanting that earlier, it would make it more believable that you end mm-hmm. up being Mr. Mr. Mom at the end there. Yeah. And what's really cool is that little uh, little actress is his real life daughter. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's one of yeah. his kids. That's one of his. That's his daughter. Huh. OK, well, a lot of it makes sense now why they had such good chemistry, you know, there at the end. But 
I think that's a wrap for, for Thor. You know, we've given our things, you know, it was still fun, but it just uh, kind of fell flat in a lot of ways. But it is yet to be seen. I think they did. They, they said Thor will return, didn't they? They did say that at the end. And what were our mid to end credit scenes? Um, can you remember them? The mid credit. Oh, uh, Zeus. Oh, Zeus and Hercules. Zeus is like, it's time that the, the humans realize that they've lost their respect and fear of the gods. The gods we, yes. We need to instill that. And I think that's kind of a cool motivation. I don't think yeah. it's just like, I want power. It's just like, no, we need to put you back in your place again. And I was like, no, I buy that, especially with Greek mythology and everything and how vengeful the gods are. Yeah, I buy that. So that was the last. Yeah, but Hercules is like one of the Avengers. Like he he ends up being an Avenger. Maybe he's redeemed. You know, maybe he starts maybe. out as a bad guy. Maybe it could be. Um, was did we have another one? There was two, wasn't there? Let me just type it up real quick. Do 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 do. All right. I just thought of another thing we we have to we'll have to touch on. Uh, let's see. Oh, Jane going to Valhalla. Oh right. Yeah, that that was nice. I enjoyed that. That was nice. You know, it's an actual place, over. right? But even when she like disintegrated and reappeared. I felt like the Academy Award winning actress still wasn't that good. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> like, oh, where am I? She's acting on the screen screen and it just it didn't feel right. But then when Andrew showed up, I was just like, oh, it's gone. Oh, no, it's it's it's. Well, it was nice to see that Val Valhalla does exist, you know, that maybe there's other heavens and stuff like that. You know, that's just all these different places that other gods go and stuff like that. So that was I did like that. I enjoyed it. But like you said, (laughs) she was still goofy, still goofy. Anyway. All right. um, So let's see what I can be able to talk about. Uh, Did you watch any of Miss Marvel? No, no. Should I? You should. I really enjoyed it. Um, really? It, it, How many it episodes? Went, there's only six, and it goes really, it goes quite fast. Like, I was, exp- that's one of the things that I'll start out by saying I wish that was hard for me is that there was only six episodes, and that the series just went by really fast. And um, there's some great things like, some of the levity that you get with, with Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, you get a lot of that. Like some of that writing feels the same, you know, like he's in the, the main character has high school friends. You know, there's a lot of that and they have to figure out who they are and, you know, like a coming of age sort of thing. And that's done very tastefully. But actually, my favorite part of the show is the culture that has been brought into it. You know, we've, we've touched on the whole like LGBTQ stuff and where diversity and inclusion is is concerned. This is an area that I this part or this culture was one that I'm really glad that they've they've brought in and they've made they, they haven't made light of it. They have really done a very good job of making it tasteful and make it mean something because she is 
uh, from India. You know, their family's like from from Pakistan. So the main character Kamala um, is Kamala Khan. Her family is originally from Pakistan. So there's Muslim. a lot about her cult. Yeah, she's Muslim. And uh, there's a lot in there, like culturally, you know, about their mosque, you know, and there's a lots of, of things about it. And, you know, they don't they they don't handle it like they treat everybody like terrorists. They do handle it very tastefully, like they're they're a, a very prominent religion and they have their own quarter in the city, like in New York or Jersey. And. You know, uh, the Department of Damage Control is like investigating her because of her abilities. And, you know, they 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 come into the mosque and the mosque is like, well, you can't be here because you don't have a warrant. And they're like, "Okay, well, we'll have to come back, you know, and they try to press their luck, you know. So there's a lot in there about it. And, you know, there's how do I put this? It's like they do the religion justice without, you know making like sacrificing it to the story you know it's just oh it's only about this it just has its own livelihood in the story uh, and that's good to hear because we know our our history with uh islam in our in our country especially post 9-11 like it was ranked bottom of the list in terms of like most quote-unquote respected religions it was this was Mm -hmm. like a this is a poll. It was right next to atheists. I didn't know atheist was a religion. I thought that was yeah. the absence of religion. But you know, there's there's still abundance of, you know, what do you call it, prejudice towards Islam. And so, talking from one, um, uh, I guess, because um, Mormonism or or whatever it was like third to the last <laughs> on that same poll or something like that. Yeah. So, was talking from one. Uh, marginalized religion to another that's refreshing that's great Mm -hmm. that's nice I love people from India they are like such fun and lively people and they just have a beautiful culture you know and I've worked with so many people out of India and they're just like some of the best people I know and so when they've really like focused in on how this religion and this culture from from that part of the world has like influenced the story they've done it in a way that like sometimes when we talk about these people we expect them not to be like us and to have the same types of emotions and family connections as us and this helps to paint the picture that they're just like they have the same emotions and same family yeah. relations and connections and problems that we all do and they don't they don't make light of it they don't do they don't underserve it they they served it just the way it should you know she loves her mom and and dad but they don't quite understand what she's going through and she needs to learn to trust them they need to learn to trust her and you know her brother's getting married and and they you know they have this almost like a mixed religion marriage between you know her older brother and uh the woman that he's marrying and they just paint it all so beautifully without making fun of it they even had some eternals references in there to like kingo and oh, yeah. i was like oh my gosh talk about and this it, opportunity that, it was kingo 
I know, right? Um, and yeah, so, so it, was, it was really good. Story, like obviously, handle that topic with respect, and and that's nice. But in terms of the progression of the story, did, was she believable as a superhero? Were the situations that she placed in intriguing? Uh, was yes. the opposition, the antagonist or antagonists, you know, a worthy of foe or, or something like that? You know, that's that's a good question. And in a sense, yes. In a sense, no. Um, the why is the situation always like a world ending thing? Sometimes I wish it were more smaller scale. Like it, it's not like this doesn't work. Like how they how they put the story doesn't work. It does. But they I swear all of them except for things like Moon Knight. Well, actually, Moon Knight was kind of like world ending, too. But um I just wish they were served on a smaller, more personal scale. Like, you know, I like the ones where it's like not everybody's livelihoods in danger. It's just me and my direct family or me and a couple of people are in danger of dying. You know, because when you make it when you always make the stakes that high, it just makes it. Oh, okay. You realize you have to put stuff. that you have to put that in everything else you're doing that has a global yeah. impact, and you're gonna have to recognize that because it's like you've seen the Eternals meme where it's like, is everybody just gonna ignore the fact that there's a giant Eternal like partially coming <laughs> out of this Earth, and we're just gonna ignore that, right? You know, it's like, yep, yeah, who's talking about that? Where's that? You know, where's that acknowledgement? So this one, I mean, but you're it, absolutely it was fun. right, absolutely right. Like that's why I really like Ant Man. Because Ant-Man, the stakes weren't crazy high. Yes, people's lives were, but not the entire world. Exactly. You know, the, the climactic fight was in a girl's room with Thomas the Train toys. Like, that was, that was the stakes. It's great. Yeah, so. it's so much fun. So, in the story, she gets her powers from, from a, uh, what do they call it? A bangle. So clips on um, unlocks her un- it basically unlocks her power. And we're not exactly sure if it's she's supposed to be an inhuman, if I'm not mistaken, like from the comics, Kamala Khan is an inhuman and she gets her powers from the Terrigen mist. So that's a that's a an inhuman thing. But here it's more of like her people, like she herself, her mother and her grandmother were from another dimension and she can unlock the power that comes from her dimension, which is called the Noor through that bangle. And, but at the end they kind of tease that she's like a mutant. So I'm not oh, exactly really? sure how they're, I'm not exactly sure how they're playing the story because we've already Did had multiverse drop- of madness and yeah. they've already introduced professor X and the mutants. And now they're using the, the word mutant freely because they Did can they say mutant? they said the he M said word? one they said the M word. So I'm like, okay. Um because her friend, who's like a he's incredibly smart, was looking at her DNA and she's like, It's like a mutation. You're like a, a mutant of some kind. And it was like, Okay. So okay, leading there. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But it's a it's a deviation from her original origin, kind of, I think. But her powers are like light manipulation, sort of. But she can also 
kind of manipulate herself using that light. It's hard to describe. You'll have to watch it. But the animation and the graphics or the CG is done really well. She's a really, really fun character. She's very likable. You know, she's a very nerdy kid and um, she's really into you know, the Avengers and she's always wanted to be an Avenger. So that kind of plays into it. She goes, wants to go to Avenger con and she has this really cool (laughs) costume of Captain Marvel. Who's her favorite Avenger, you know, and, um, that also plays a role. Does Carol Danvers show up (sighs) at the very end? She makes a cameo. I'm, I'm still confused as to how that like uh, the, the cameo doesn't make sense necessarily to me. You'll, when you get there and you have a chance to watch it, but like I said, it just progresses really fast and it felt like I wish they had taken their time and done like 10 episodes or nine episodes even to draw sure. the story out. And it when it when it came together, I was like, whoa, there's only two episodes left. I'm in episode four and we've basically gotten all the way through a lot of this and stuff. And the, the, well, the plot is Marvel. Yeah. Wasn't Miss Marvel like isn't that where Rogue gets her powers? Because Rogue touches Miss Marvel and she gets, maybe I'm confusing her with somebody else, but I thought, I guess at least in the animated cartoon, Rogue got her powers from Miss Marvel. Uh, and Miss Marvel has had different iterations throughout the comics, I'm sure. And Captain Marvel as well, but it's hard to keep up with it. Maybe this is all, you know, this is what they wanted to go start fresh, and that's cool. But all right, well, yeah, I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to give it a watch, give it a try. I I definitely would. So, yeah, it will pass pretty fast. And I think you'll kind of feel like, oh, I felt like there was so much more to explore here and do and to see. And you you feel like you've missed – maybe you missed something or something was cut out. But it still works. It's still really fun. You know, it's – the stakes are on the global scale, but the end battle is more the personal – more the personal small scale in the end really. That's really what it comes down to, and you'll you'll probably see. I would give the show like compared to the other m- recent Marvel shows, from one to ten. You know, um, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, it's still like a seven and a half. You know, it's it's good. It's 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 really good. It's not great. It's no like Loki or, you know, even like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, kind of like expertise. But it's still really good. I would, it's a definite must watch, I think, still. Well, my uh, my wife poked her head in, so I've got a, a little bit of time left here. What are some other points you wanted to hit before we uh, we call it? Um, did so did you see anything about phase five that they released for for Comic Con? Tell, tell me a little more. Tell me what uh, what you got. So they've they've released the titles basically to like everything in phase five and then slightly after phase five which is pretty big so let me go here uh phase five so let's do a quick quick looky see here uh so they did ant-man and the wasp quantumania Yep, Quantumania. Is Peyton Reed coming back? Good. Secret Invasion. Um, Guardians 3. So. Okay, 
I guess what am I looking here? Is it still being added? I've got Ant Man, Guardians Three, The Marvels. Yep, The Marvels. So that must Why? be it's because that's a TV show. So the ones on the bottom, I believe, are TV series. The ones on the top. Well, maybe that's not all true because Loki season two is up there, and that's a that's a show. And so some of these are movies, some of these are TV shows. Um, Daredevil. Yeah, Born they again. have. I am so excited for that. I, I'm so it excited says, for Charlie Cox to come back. It says season one though, Daredevil Born Again. That is a great comic line, but um, oh wow, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking up on the Wikipedia page. Ant-Man and the Lost 3, Guardians 3, The Marvels, which sounds like it's going to be Captain Marvel sequel, which uh, maybe they just didn't have enough faith in it that they're waiting that long for the sequel or whatever. I know that there's been some uh, back and forth between, uh, what's her name, Brie Larson, but there's Blade. Oh, that should be good. Yep. And then Captain America, New World Order. Yep. So that's Anthony Mackie coming back as Captain America. Then Agatha, Coven of Chaos. So that we've got um, Agatha one of my favorites. Yeah, Catherine Hahn, who I love. I like, she's just awesome. I love Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Daredevil, Born Again, D'Onofrio and Cox are coming back. Ironheart, who is going to be introduced in uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Thunderbolts. Riri? Riri? What's her name? Uh, Shuri. Or no, I don't know. Or well, no, not sure. Um, I thought Riri, it was yeah. Riri some something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. So Secret Invasion, if I'm not mistaken, was the Skrull invasion on Earth, but I think that's to be changed. Say that again. So the secret invasion that I remember is supposed to be like the scroll invasion on Earth. Like the original yeah. story was a scroll invasion, but from what we've seen so far, the scrolls are not the victim here, or not the they're not the enemy. They're the victim. They're not, but yeah. so how are they going to write that? I don't know. We'll see how that know. goes. Because yeah, we've seen seen quite a bit of that. And then they released the titles of the next two Avengers films that come after Phase 5, which is Avengers Secret War, Secret Wars, and Avengers The Kang Dynasty. So I've seen some Avengers stuff with Kang and Kang the Conqueror, and we've already been kind of introduced to him in Loki. But um, those will be big films for sure. I don't even see that on this page. You won't because um, because everything in Phase 5 is Phase 5. Technically, Avengers, King Dynasty, and Secret Wars is Phase 6. So that's, I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of titles, though. So a lot of stuff coming back. Wasn't there... I swear, I think it was, wasn't there in WandaVision, there was a scroll, like, helping her out or something like that. Actually, no, I do see it here. Was Phase 6 announced November 8th, 2024, Fantastic Four? Oh, man, Oh, yes, they also included that. That's way out there. Yep, yep. 
they talked about yeah, Fantastic Four coming back, but the idea of of what was it? Um, uh, John Krasinski coming back for Fantastic Four is still up in the air. We don't that I don't think that's been confirmed yet. That'd be nice. A lot of people are putting out like titles that they think should be added to phase six. And one of the things that I'm seeing here is people want Wonder Man to be added. Uh, the Mutants, Young Avengers, Deadpool 3, Midnight Suns, Armor Wars, and the Ten Rings Man, to be added to phase six. Cuts. But I mean, like, how about how about the obvious one? X-Men. <laughs> Yeah, how about where's that? (laughs) Do you think they could get Jackman to come back? No, not a chance in heck. No. Really? You don't think they Uh, you don't think they could get him to come back? For a cameo, sure. He's just he's getting up there in age, man. He he did that since two thousand. I'm still not sure anybody else is like cut out for the role though. Like I can't think of anybody that I'd be like, yeah, I definitely see him that person yeah, pulling it but, off. But we said that about the Joker, and then we had Joaquin Phoenix. You know, we said that about um, who else did we say that about? Then pulled it off really well. Pattinson. Yeah, we could say Batman, Affleck. Yeah, Affleck was sure. really good, and then Pattinson. Nah, he's a Twilight guy. Yeah, it's no good. Oh, actually, he's great. Oh, wow, look at that. The backlash for both of those Batman is so different, though. Like, when people said that Ben Affleck was going to be Batman, they were so pissed off. When when they announced Robert Pattinson, though, everybody's like, I just don't see it. <laughs> and, and with Affleck, they're like, absolutely not. And then people with Pattinson are like, I just don't see it. He just doesn't seem like a Batman. And I'm like, they were know, that's, all that's not up to me. No, and anybody that is picked for a role is picked for a reason, and that's what that's this that's the thing in mind that I always start with is like if they pick Taron Egerton to play Wolverine, I mean that would be something I could see, but sure, I don't know. I'm just that's waiting good, to see. It's a good who choice. Picks. He's he's kind of got the build. He's got some he's good range. Shorter. I mean, like Wolverine's not supposed to be very tall. He's 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 only right. like. He's like five ten at most. That's why that's why people wanted Tom Hardy, but Tom Hardy's done too much. No, he's he's Eddie he's, Brock. He, he, yeah, he's Eddie Brock. He's nothing else. He's Eddie Brock. That's what he will be, and he will be known forever. Uh, I don't know. Like, what of that list though is like most exciting to you? Like of Phase Five. Uh, phase Five, Blade. Blade, I you know I have a guilty little pleasure in my heart for those Blade movies. I think they're very fun to watch, especially Blade Two, directed by Guillermo del Toro, like a super underrated director in my opinion. Was a very good film. Um, I always liked the Ant Man's. I'm unsure about the Guardians because you know after that scandal with James Gunn, I'm not a really big fan of him. You know, his making jokes about pedophilia, but and but then, and of course, I have opportunity for people to you know correct their errors and stuff like that. But it's just like 
I didn't think Disney was ever going to fire him. They were just going to save face and a slap on the wrist, but because he's part of their clan and tribe, yeah. yeah, they they wouldn't have the guts to completely remove him. Now, if James Gunn or somebody else was at the helm that, you know, was kind of like, uh, oh, who's our fighter from Mandalorian? What's her name? Who kind of got the heave ho? Oh, you're talking about um, Gina Carano now. Yeah, Gina if Carano. J- if James Gunn had the same political views of Gina Carano and did stuff like out. that, there's there's no way he would be invited back. There's no way that the cast would. I have still this think it's bullshit petition. that they cut her because she was fantastic and what she did. I didn't think warranted that at all. Oh yeah, just yeah, they were anyway. looking to get rid of her. Um, Unfair. And um, then I mean, I don't really. Captain Marvel, New Order, Captain America, New Order. Sure, that should be fun. Thunderbolts. I don't even know what that is. They are like almost like an anti-hero superhero team. So, I mean, the Midnight Suns are also like that. That's Marvel's Suicide Squad. It's Thunderbolts. I don't know if it's like that exactly. I don't really know much about them. They have a lot of like deep cut characters or B characters that I've never heard of added to their team. Um, but for me, it's definitely like Ant Man and the Lost Quantum Mania. I'm I'm gonna dig that movie. I don't care Absolutely. how that one's gonna be fantastic. Um, Secret Invasion will be, probably be pretty cool. Um, Daredevil yeah. Born Again. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for that. And they said that Daredevil Born Again will be thirteen episodes. Really, thirteen episodes. I think. If I'm not mistaken, 13 episodes is what they said. And I'm like, oh, I'm all over that, you know. And I'm just glad that they kept Charlie Cox and D'Onofrio. They both agree that they would be in it if they ever came back. So and then, like you said, Blade, that'll be pretty cool to be completely honest. I've never actually watched any of the Blade movies. They're fun. They're a guilty pleasure. I mean, are they uh, worth watching West... even now? Well, I mean, I don't think the special effects especially for the first one kind of hold up but they're fun wesley snipes is an interesting guy how he plays it like it's by no means a a gangbusters or anything like that but um there's some really cool action set pieces from what i remember especially in the number two one and the 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 villains are pretty cool Hmm. interesting Echo, I don't really care for. The Marvels would be fun as long as they have Kamala Khan and they have Carol Danvers both in it and they do a really good story. I mean, that could be fun, but I'm not sold on it until I see a trailer. Uh, Sure. I mean, I don't even need a trailer and I'm sold on Quantum Mania. Don't need a trailer and I'm already sold on Daredevil. You know, those ones are easy. Uh, Guardians 3, um, undecided for me. I mean... I, I trust We've James Gunn. I, so I really far like. Away. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. That's the, the the distance between the movies has been so long. Yeah, I mean we had volume two is 2017. Five it's gonna be that's gonna be six years. Six years between number two and number three. Granted, of course, you had Infinity War and Endgame, but I mean we had three I years don't in a row. Count those. But there, I mean, especially in Infinity War, there was a lot of Guardians. That's true. A lot of Guardians. Yeah, right. In Endgame, they just kind of show up at the end. 
but in Infinity War, they're they're in there pretty prominently. So, um, but again, that was 2018, and that's coming on four more than four years ago. And by the time this comes out, it'll be five years since we've seen him. That's why I wanted to see him in Thor. I know. Give me more. Yeah, give me more. I wanted more. I mean, Echo though. Like we got introduced to Echo in in Hawkeye, but. I just didn't really care for that story. I mean, it's probably a really great comic run, but I have no interest in watching it. Ironheart, don't know as much about that as I should. Probably should do some reading and maybe I'll care about it. That's what it is. It's pretty like Iron Man's a black teenage girl now. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of what it is. Yep. I knew that much. That much I did know. Agatha Coven of Chaos. I mean, definitely. I mean, I'm going to watch it, but his level of just like general interest you know, it's it's on the lower totem pole. So what I'm hoping that they do, especially, um, oh my gosh, we didn't talk about this, and we should finish that on this. You saw the Wakanda Forever trailer, right? Oh yes, I did, and Namor. Yes, Namor. They had Namor, Namor, whatever you want. They had Namor. They've got the that Marvel the Aquaman coming on, and I'm like, what? Oh, all these like strange series cool. this time. He ain't well, as cool as Aquaman. Sure, I'll give you that. But like, there was hinting at it, you know, like an Iron Man two. There was like this map of, uh, they didn't call them metahumans because that's a DC thing, but just Avenger candidates or whatever. And they had this little bit of blip outside the east uh, eastern coast of Africa. People were like, that's Atlantis. That's Namor. And I'm like, whatever. And then sure enough, there he is. And, you know, in the comics, they butt heads quite a bit, Black Panther and him. But Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. And I don't I hope, you know, why Thanos was such a great villain is because it took introduced in Avengers in 2012. How many movies was he referenced all the way into 2018? Like we set him up. That was great. So we can see. You know, we've only got three years until we've got Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. I want to see Kang. I want to see his menace. Hopefully he's pretty prominent in Ant-Man 3, Guardians 3. Um, I Usually it's those extraterrestrial, otherworldly type experiences in movies that they have these cosmic threats and maybe Fantastic Four. But I want them to build them up, build them up because Kang is supposed to be and they got the right actor for it. You know, one of the craziest and hardest villains the Avengers have ever faced. It's true. Yeah, he is. He is pretty. He's pretty tough. So, I mean, like that, that makes sense to me. Um, I do like that. No more in this is like he's South American focused, like he like his dress and stuff like that is is influenced by like like South America, yeah, Mesoamerican, yes, Aztec type type. I mean, it gives him kind of like a theme, almost like a flair. Like it doesn't just come from nowhere. It has a cultural base in like history, society slash, you know, whatever. So I kind of like that aspect that they kind of tied it to something where we're we're somewhat familiar and didn't just like make it up out of nowhere. You know, it didn't just come from anywhere. So and it looks like the whole plot of the story is based on like an undersea war with the surface. And they feel kind of like the, the man apes did with maybe like the, 
the regular part of Wakanda, like, oh, you exiled us, you know, you you treat mm-hmm. us poorly and, you know, we should have been allies. And now they're like clashing. And it looked like Angela Bassett, you know, um, T'Challa's mother is like trying to get, you know, the world stage to help Wakanda fight Atlantis and they're not going to have anything to do with it. That's kind of how it looked. Well, that I mean, look at that November 11th. It's not too far away, man. That's only like three months. Like we said, man, they shorten their timelines with a lot of this stuff. I think they've hit a plateau of like, we now know exactly how close to a release date we want to like start pushing trailers. And now they're sticking to their guns. They're like, okay, it's like three-ish months. It's like three and a half months to the release date. We we, we push the trailer and we push marketing on that scale. That's like their, that's like so their track. The first the first trailer we're going to see for Ant-Man and the Wasp Thanksgiving then. I'm, or maybe, I'm guessing so. Or maybe it'll be right in the front of Black Panther and when movie theaters, that'd be cool. Probably, you know, that's, yeah. that would seem likely, you know, that I think you're, you've got something there. Once yeah. they hit uh, that movie, that's when they're going to do it. However, we're also approaching the time in October for, um, shoot, uh, it's called uh, DC Fandom. Oh, I was going to say Oktoberfest? <laughs> no, no. Good, though. Yeah. Uh, DC Fandom, which we'll get a lot more for. Mm-hmm. You know, they released, like, longer trailers for Black Adam. If they, if Dwayne Johnson didn't do so much of his own personal marketing for the film, I'd probably be more <laughs> excited for it. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, no, it does. It's like if if DC had just done all the marketing for it, I would have been like, oh, I'm so excited. But then Dwayne Johnson's like, I'm coming. Uh, I'm like, oh, now I'm on the Instagram. Now <laughs> this is Black Adam 18 times in one minute. I, I was yeah, like, I oh saw my that. gosh. I was like, ah, just, I mean, I love the guy, but it's like, you're, 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 you're killing my hype. Stop it. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, yeah, there's so much to like there, but DC did not do as much during, uh, during, uh, okay. Comic-Con this year than the normal. But I think that's just because they're moving out of the Comic-Con and they're doing their own fandom, which I think works out a lot better for them in the end. Because they get to tell everything they want to tell, how they want to tell it, when they want to tell it. The only difference is they don't they don't have to fly people out to a location and have them sit on the panel when they can just do their panel virtually and people can watch. Sure. However, sure. they don't get as much merch sold that way. <laughs> well, I guess we can direct you to the website, give you some promo codes and that can help out. But then you can watch it whenever you want, and it's just immediately available, which I think is beautiful. Like, there's so much that I could like talk about with fandom. Why I think it was the mo- one of the most genius ideas of DC to do ever. It's just like, why didn't why didn't anybody do this before? Like, a virtual Comic Con can benefit so many people. Like. I have a busy life, you know. I can't fly out to San Diego just for Comic Con. <laughs> I don't have the time or the money to pay for a ginormous ticket just to get in and then have money to buy merch for. When I can sit in the comfort of my own couch, I can get on my big TV and then I can like put up DC Fandom and watch all my trailers and all my release stuff from the comfort of my own home with AC. There you go. You know? So, I mean, Good, good job, Warner Brothers and DC. You did something right. 
And I also have to say, every time I watch the Batman, I actually like it more. <laughs> How many times now? Oh, I don't know, like ten or twelve times. <laughs> probably. Are you serious? Uh, probably, I on, yeah. I mean, I turn on HBO Max and I see it. I'm like, uh, I wonder, should I watch it? <laughs> I don't know. I just keep liking it more and more and more every time I watch it. And I don't know. Is it just like a? Is this? Is that make sense? Like, am I going crazy, or is it like? Hey, yeah, everything just feels more real. It's I don't so know. good. It, it is so good. Um, I'll leave you with this. And maybe you can end the recording because this is just whatever. But one thing that I'm really excited for, and if you're not doing anything Friday, and if your wife will let you, this new movie's coming out. Oh, on Hulu. Pray. On Hulu. Pray. I am a huge Predator guy. Love it. And this is a bus that was given to me from a friend almost 20 years ago when I was in high school. And I mean, this thing is this. I will never let this go. So this is on my bed stand. And uh, sometimes when I'm on like meetings and calls and I don't have the blurred background, they're like, what is that? (laughs) And so, yeah, this is a a yacht chew uh, and uh, from based off Predator one. Oh, man, it is so good. This is number 1,713 of 2,500. There's only been 2,500 of these made. Anyway. amazing. So if you're available, I'm going to watch it after I put my girls down at 8.30. You want to come make the trek down, you should come watch it. If I can, yeah. Let me me see. So this, this Friday? This Friday. I'm going to make a note. Make sure that I can. I have concrete coming in the morning, but maybe that won't make a difference. But or, yeah, I mean, like if I can't make it, maybe I'll try and watch it from my own home the same time you are. Yeah, whatever. Can't you do like those shared like viewing experiences? I don't know if Hulu will let you do it. I you were talking to the wrong person. I'll have to do my research and see if it's possible. But dude, I I am when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally want to see this. Like, and it's I, like I, I they could it, do yeah. they could do period pieces over and over and over again. They could do a pirate one. They could do a samurai one. Would you watch a samurai uh, predator oh, movie? Hell yeah! I oh would. my gosh! Yes. Totally down. Like I mean, oh man, it's like the it's like the Endless Assassin's options. Creed thing, you know? It's like they yes. can pick any period and do a, a really cool story. That's baked into example. history and i'm like yeah that's why assassin's creed is so successful is because like you pick a period to put the to put the story in and it's like super fun to play through history but also as an assassin it's like oh being an assassin is cool but what if it was during the french revolution or what yeah. if it was during the Jin dynasty or during Genghis khan you know it's like yes. how cool would that be i'll be fucking so cool so <laughs> mike yeah would be so i mean this one looks awesome though yeah you know, it's it, great low budget and i've already seen some of the reviews come out it's a fresh take on a stale franchise that was the headline and i was like i'm good with that do you put it with indians the, yeah super cool the, the predator was kind of stale they tried to make it new and different in some aspect of like upgrade in warfare and actually it's through genetics and intelligence and the kid was uh, i don't know that was just kind of weird um i i think the bread and butter is just 
a group of people getting hunted down by a predator. Like it's tried and true and I love it. But if there's a fresh take on it, okay. The hunter and the hunted. Yeah. There's something about that, that just that, that formula does not break for me. I mean, predator one is one of my all time favorite movies. Predator two. Interesting. Um, Predators, which came out about 12 years ago. Super underrated movie, in my opinion. Love that. Just watched it the other day to kind of get ready for Prey. And, um, I mean, they've had, like, what do you call it? Uh, fan films of Predator mm-hmm. based in World War II, like in the Pacific or something like that. That makes sense. You know, you're you're inviting yeah, Indonesia, Malaysia, one of those uh, Philippines islands and... During the war, because, yeah. Yeah, because predators or yachus are attracted to war at other planets, and that's where they find a lot of their prey. Um, and one was like of the Crusades. There was a fan film of the Crusades. So mm. anyway, I'm going off. I told you so I would I would need to get off and look. I said uh, maybe 945, but now it's 10. But if you're available, come down and watch it, and uh, we'll have some fun. I will see what I can do, man. I will see what I can do, but I definitely am going to watch it either way because that movie looks so good. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we will see you guys on our next big episode that we'll probably overdo and (laughs) talk about, just like we always do. But that's okay. It's fun. Anyway, ta-ta for now. See you guys later.